Welcome to episode three of Small Talk with Big Changus. Today with me, I have uh, the one and only Nehru Bhakt. Hello. Joined by our new arrival, Nigel Garage. Uh, hi. Like I said before, I don't think many people are going to get the reference, but it's still worth it. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Today we're on the podcast. We're going to discuss national iconography and how. Well, well, I mean, the differences between nationalism and patriotism, I think most people understand in a general sense, but how the left or everyone against Modi has sort of ceded national iconography over time to the right and uh, how it's bizarre that they, that some of them like claim to be nationalists and how the Indians left with the brain have become aversive to the tricolor, to you know, one day Matram to whatever, to different defining aspects and symbols of the Indian state. Now, um, for many leftists, it is antithetical to their very ideology or principles to have overt gestures of respect or love for the motherland, right? I mean, I, we can go all the way back to the inception of India, where the Communist Party of India decided that this new state was, uh, quote unquote, Nakli Azadi, and that we've just done the transfer of control has taken place between the Angres to the Brahmins and Banyas and the bourgeois and um, that this freedom is fake and war must be waged on the Indian state. However, that notion was kept aside and uh, from the 1950s, they participated in elections. But uh, then again, we still see, you know, leftist elements today that are open in rebellion against the very idea of India, not just leftist elements, but we have uh, insurgents from the Northeast to Kashmir. And we can talk about that later. But for the everyday anti-Modi Indian, how important do you think uh, embracing iconography is? And do you think there is a palpable distaste or aversion to national iconography? Okay, so from what I've seen, I think it's a mix of both. Uh, there are some people who've become very aversive or like repulsed by Indian national symbols, national anthems, because uh, they associated with, you know, BJP's hyper-nationalistic uh, approach to India. But I feel like there are many people who are anti-Modi, anti-BJP, yet they really like to keep their uh, keep symbols all around them. And they like to reinforce that they're very Indian by putting Indian flags in their bios or in their DPs. Uh, because they feel like they want to snatch back uh, patriotism from BJP. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we all grew up feeling proud for the Indian flag. We all grew up standing up for the national anthem. So we did have a lot of connection with it. Obviously, back then we used to feel more proud. And now we don't. But we, we're just angry now that these people have stolen that from us. So I feel like a lot of people are trying to snatch it back by doing, you know, keeping flags in their DPs and their bios. I feel like a point that may add weight to your argument is um, the emphatic use of the tricolor during the protests against both the Citizenship Amendment Act and the farm laws. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, protesters did not so, shy away from, you know, showcasing pages of the preamble. You know, we the people of India was a pretty large theme all around in those protests. Wasn't... Um... So, wasn't the preamble directly used in like who didn't some members of the Congress pull up at Shaheen Bagh or in, in front of India Gate and started deciding the preamble? Didn't that yeah, I think it was the India Gate. Yeah, so I mean, I completely agree with what uh, Nehru Bhakt said about like the association with hyper nationalism, but I think I would go so far in saying that 
like traditional leftism, at least the type that I not necessarily preach and practice, but the time that I have seen everywhere, there's a deep seated like skepticism towards the state, right? So I think we are always like leftists in general are hesitant to embrace uh, national iconography. However, I think that distaste is only fueled further uh, by the hypernationalism and the fetish and the, you know, the right wing, right? Because they don't stand for any like cumulative or collective betterment, right? Like they only stand for like one majoritarian, like even that majoritarian group, right? Like they don't necessarily stand to make things better for them in the immediate short term or long term even. Yeah, they don't, they don't stand and for so, all Indians, only... Uh, yeah, I know, yeah, them. but like, even for the Indians that they do stand for, I, I find it very, like, after you enact NRC and CAA, like, after you get it all the Bhuspeti up, what, like, what is the material benefit people are going to get, right? So, in order to counter, counteract that question to, from being asked, they inherently fetishize symbols of the nation and the nation in and of itself, right? So basically, um, all I'm saying is that they, because they can't provide anything like material for people, they um, simply fetishize the state, which makes any criticism of, hey, what are you actually doing for me, anti-Indian, right? Which is how they do it for people in general as well, like, and the broad population. Mm. I think Modi personally just... um, it has played into Modi equating himself with India in general, right? I remember, I think it was like Tejasvi Surya, right? Um, during 2019, just saying at a campaign, oh, if you're anti-Modi, you're anti-India. And if you're with Modi, you're with India, which is, I mean, just harkens back yeah, exactly. to, you know, the sycophancy, the sycophancy of the mid-1970s. Uh, Indra is India, India is Indra. Now it's, you know, with this clown in charge instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> but do you do you feel like, um, the left embracing national iconography plays into the jingoistic narrative that the right wants to create. Do you feel like if we start um, voluntarily embracing, voluntarily or for political purposes, em- start embracing national iconography, we're just playing into their game and uh, helping helping to create this jingoistic society that does not care for uh, any real humanitarian needs like are we creating this ultra nationalistic society that will you know refuse four refugees from myanmar because they will become a quote unquote vote bank or whatever right yeah so i don't think uh, uh, that'll play into their politics because uh, i feel their main strategy is to alienate the left or the liberals any anyone who's critical of modi basically they want to alienate them they want to show them as Pakistanis. They want to show them as Chinese. They want to show them as anti-India, you know? So I don't think us taking uh, taking up national symbols will do, will help them in any way. And the thing is, before the average Indian gets into politics, right? Uh, or they get deep into politics or become knowledgeable about politics. Like, most people will be like, sure, okay, uh, mob lynching is wrong. Okay, suppression of freedom of speech is wrong. Before they really try to understand Indian politics, they're still very patriotic. Okay? Like, there is a love for India. There's a pride for the home country that is drilled into everyone since they're kids, which is which is okay, you know? So when they're trying to choose or trying to decide what kind of politics they want to go for, when they see K-A-K-Side, you see tricolor, India, 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 best, India, amazing. 
and then other side we just see like i fucking hate india you know i feel like um then that person will be more inclined to going towards modi and the thing is uh, bjp does this uh two st- uh, two birds with one stone approach where they have a um they have an id cell that promotes hindu nationalism or uh, appeals to the hindu nationalists people who are already hindu nationalists and people who are just indian patriots in general and then once they get them to like bjp they convert them into hindu nationalists that's what i feel so if this person let's say who's just starting to get into politics if they see that leftists too love india which they do right otherwise why would they even care they just fuck off right uh when they see uh, them using indian symbols indian ideas the idea of india um, indian flags you know then they be like okay so these people aren't the anti nationals or the pakistani agents that modi keeps talking about so i feel like it won't be in bjp's favor if we start using indian iconography mm. so yeah i mean in terms of as a political strategy i think we should definitely start like i mean the left is in india especially is very disorganized it's an amorphous group that has no one to rally behind um because i mean the biggest leftist leaders are what like yachuri yachuri is deeply distasteful for you know people who uh, are anti china for example but that aside i think what hyper nationalism and the the acceptance of as nehru bhakt said the association of the indian like the the hyper nationalism one of its uh, unfortunate side effects has been is that it's pushed the overton window to the right right so if you look at people who are you know to, like um projecting themselves not as alternatives to modi but as a part of frame parties or frameworks or opposed to modi like tharoor for example um tharoor i think the common um uh, opinion on kashmir like the the opinion that no one has any opposition to in in, in parliament house is that kashmir is in, is that kashmir is an in indian territory and that there is no need to do any kind of a uh, democratic uh, referendum in the state or to nego- or even now increasingly to negotiate or to negotiate with pakistan to reach some kind of delimitation deal uh, in terms of our nuclear weapons right which this hypernational leads to like it has led to increasing like hawkishness on the part of uh, anyone who wants to like all the people that are saying hey maybe the people from kashmir deserve some amount of de- democratic rights they are completely just shunned and, and they're considered to be like anti state actors and anti nationals as nehru bhak pointed out that is obviously a disastrous shift of the overton window so i think if leftists start reclaiming the indian flag and other iconography there is no like negative to it as nehru bhak said because now every time i see the indian flag in someone's twitter bio or instagram bio i immediately think ha like modi ke vote kiya hoga isne which mm. is obviously or like they're associated with the bjp which unfortunately has been like you know if they have the indian flag in their bio they voted for modi if they have the lgbt flag they voted against Um, <laughs> yeah so you know that that's, the, that's the how saddest, i feel like the saddest part about that is the rss refused to fly the tricolor at their headquarters till 2002 <laughs> like just wahi to wahi to like uh, they use yeah just for context like the go ahead first, go ahead the first prime minister from the rss was uh, sworn in albeit for 13 days was sworn in in 1996 and yet still They, they they refused to fly the tri- the flag of the country they're in in their headquarters till 2002 i believe they flew uh, they flew it for one brief instance in 1950 
but that was it after that golbalgar i think explicitly stated that uh, the bhagwa flag is the only uh, true flag that represents bharat mata and all other apparitions are you know um, designed by the congress or uh, appease muslims or whatever one statement you made nigel uh, garage actually invoked another point do you think both of you have said repeatedly that um using the tricolor or claiming the tricolor back from the right has no negative side effects but do you think overt stances of patriotism diminish the left with their own principles like i'll give you an example let's say a, um let's say a politician wants to have a different stance on kashmir that one that is not necessarily conventional right mm-hmm. let's say it's someone who doesn't immediately yeah. lose his shit at the keyboard when he sees um uh, uh, aksai chen and uh, gilgit baltistan not included in india's map right how does one how does a politician invoke a stance that is not necessarily aligned with uh, india's erstwhile principles or policies without seeming like anti national i don't think um the you can i think you can still stick to your principles and what you believe and be patriotic because i feel a right a, the way a right winger would demonstrate his patriotism and the way a left winger would demonstrate his patriotism are very different you know it's not the same way we're not asking leftists to blindly support all of india's policies all of india's laws you know or india's hegemonies anywhere in the world what a leftist would want to do as a patriot is to maintain the idea of india you know to make sure that the indian people are taken care of you know the indian people are not taken advantage of by the state that's like a leftist patriotism it's about the people for the people and it has anything to do with what you think about india's hegemony in a certain area or uh, india's foreign policies or india's local laws you know so um i agree with everything nehru bhakt is saying at least from the way i see it right where a lot of the overt patriotism we do in this country is very performative like if it's on the anniversary of the kargil attack you or the kargil skirmish you put up photos on your instagram story mm-hmm. or in like your official like party newsletter saying we commemorate these brave sons of the soil or if it's you know going to the public day parade and you know uh waving a flag right all of these things i think they it's all up in the eyes of the average indian i think it's about the celebration of the country right in this overt way and if someone does that and they also say ki acha i think this like as much as i love my country i feel like we're doing something wrong here with with kashmir i think it further legitimizes that stance now again kashmir is very hot button so maybe it it won't legitimize that stance per se but for, like if i say that you know as much as i love my country the people in this country the poor people in this country right one out of like one out of every two people live in a village that's 5 kilometers away from a city and there's no service for them there's no ladder for uh, through which they can pull themselves up to a position in society where they can you know make enough money to not you know die if i say that as someone that is a proud indian and is committed to not just the idea of india but to my fellow indians i feel like this is something we're doing bad like this is where we have failed and we must do better right i, I think that further just it, it makes that stance more acceptable right because again my like personally my patriotism is not rooted in india's perfect and they can do no wrong it's about i love this country and i want to see it flourish i want to see it do well right and i want to see every single person you know man woman non binary 8 years old or 8 you know from any minority religious sexual or gender based uh, or you know caste based all of them 
have the ability to self-actualize and pursue happiness without uh, having any like external constraint. Right? That's what the ideal of India is to me. And my patriotism is to keep fighting for that India until it is achieved. 100% agree. Here's perhaps a more controversial question. Do you think that in terms of politics, a lot of leftists focus on achieving equality or achieving just basic dignity for particular groups that have been historically or are currently are discriminated against, that their entire political focus shifts from the main national narrative to the protection or upliftment of certain groups that they further cede the nationalism factor to the BJP. I'll give you certain examples. Um, parties like uh, like the BSP cater to caters mainly to uh, Dalits, right? I mean, in 2007, Mayawati, of course, extended um, that vote base to Brahmins to um, to be elected chief minister with a full majority. But that's a different story. There are so many regional parties that cater only to a particular section of Indians that the BJP has it has an easier time uh, claiming to be the party of all Indians, and the Congress in particular has um forgotten its contributions to the national struggle and it's surprising the only time the congress is mentioned in regards to independence is when the bjp bjp claims that uh it was because of the congress that the country was partitioned which is i mean completely false but or at least partially false but yeah do you think leftists should focus more on the main national narrative instead of um identity politics for better or worse so um, um, what is the national narrative? What is the main national narrative? National narrative is national issues, right? It can be, I know the BJP is setting the agenda right now, but it's everything from uh, foreign policy to how we interact with our neighbors to uh, Kashmir and 370 to, um, you know, uphold. There are various instances of uh, communal tensions that uh, threaten the secular fabric of the country that happen now and then. Anything that, that extends beyond uh, one particular group and involves several different parties. So I think I need to very clearly state I'm not someone who knows very much about uh, issues that specific sections of society face because I am someone that's never had to interact with my caste because I'm upper caste. Uh, I don't have a caste because I'm half Sikh. But I'm very privileged. So I think that's the bed, like everything I want to say is predicated on that, right? But what I think is that every single leftist will have different focuses and priorities depending on their importance of the issues, right? So for example, for me, uh, one of the most important issues to me personally is poverty, right? So about, I focus less on caste issues and, you know, spend more time thinking about poverty, for example, right? And the economic situation of those in this country. But with that being said, if there is someone, if there's a, or, you know, as someone that I, is queer, also the status of uh, sexual minorities in this country does, is important to me, right? And that's obviously colored by my own biases, which means that obviously if there's someone, if there's a Dalit, then they will have different priorities from, you know, you or I, for example. Um, so I don't think it's a problem of focus necessarily that takes you from the national narrative, right? And I think that if you have certain groups like the BSP, right, if the BSP were to gain some more like national clout, they could frame the narrative in a way where they say like, listen, you know, look at this, you know, all these BJP people claim to be sons of the soil. They claim to care about this country as a whole, or they care about, they claim to care about this country and to love this country. But look at how my fellow brothers, sisters, and non-binary members of the, of the Dalit community, for example, are treated under their rule, right? 
So I think specific intersectional versions of nationalism and patriotism can dispel this larger like right-wing uh, perception of it, uh, in my opinion. Hmm. Again, I don't know very much and that needs to, I, I'm not very, very well aware, but like in addition, like the struggle of these people can be used to flip this idea of, oh, Modi is the first prime minister to care about care enough about the country where he's not corrupt on its head, because of course he's corrupt. I think the national issues and uh, specific issues specific to certain castes and certain uh, ethnic groups are very interconnected. You know, so uh, for example, if you're talking about poverty, the poverty of Dalit people is very connected to um, where they are placed in the caste system. You know what I mean? So the and the ghettoization of Muslims is based i mean it's connected to how they're of a different religion that is often demonized or not often like very often demonized and they don't get to enter you know gated communities or upper parts of society so i feel like you can't uh, just ignore specific issues of specific ethnic groups when you're looking at national issues because they're so interconnected you know and um, i don't think there's any harm in there being parties or regional parties that pander to you know certain minority groups uh, because there is there's no other the bjp is definitely not caring about the minority groups right mm. if bjp is only caring about the majority i mean you could disagree with this obviously but if the bjp is only caring about the majority the minority also needs someone who is not only caring about them but has a heavier emphasis on caring about them because uh, they believe that everyone needs upliftment but there are certain sections of society that need more upliftment than others. I do agree with everything both of you have said. I just feel like um, a lot of these political parties only look at um, particular groups or sections of society, not because um, they recognize that all these issues are intersectional and that upliftment of upliftment of Dalits or Muslims, let's say, is the upliftment of Indians, right? I completely agree with that. But I think these political parties, which, um, I don't know if they fail to see it or if they ignore it for political purposes, the fact that all these issues are intersectional. Or at least that has become the perception, right? In 2020, during the Bihar elections, uh, Tejasvi Yadav was asked if the RJD continues to be a part, an M2Y party. And by that, the interviewer, of course, meant a Muslim to Yadav party. And I think Tejasvi Yadav replied with the RJD is an A to Z party, right? We cater to everyone, which is, I think, a pretty clever way to not only just break the vote bank narrative and vote bank generalization, but also imply that you do recognize that all these issues are intersectional, that the upliftment of the impoverished in Bihar, let's say, is the upliftment of Bihar as a whole. So that's all I was saying. I think that kind of stance in public will only help in legitimizing the fight for a particular section of Indians as all Indians, which I believe the uh, privileged section of, or let's say the middle class is not fully recognized. Uh, I agree. I also think that most Indians, as Nehru said, are born and brought up to be patriotic, right? But this patriotism isn't a commitment to India as a, I mean, it, patriotism is not a commitment to an abstract nation. It's not a commitment to an abstract state. It is to the people that live in that state. You know, your brothers, sisters and non-binary uh, siblings, I suppose, mm-hmm. is the term. That obviously includes the upliftment of all of them. And like what um, uh, Mr. Yadav said. 
I feel like a lot of people cannot showcase patriotism fully or patriotism in any sense is because they feel disconnected from Indians, not India necessarily, right? If you look back at the founding of India, there's very little, um, in theory at least, there's not much that's problematic with it, right? It uh, guarantees freedom of uh, religion, especially at a time where India was partitioned and our uh, new neighbor was... Uh, quite definitely an Islamic yeah. Republic, you know, we guaranteed uh, freedom of religion. Uh, from the 1950s onwards, we recognized uh, the division of states on a linguistic basis and for the most part embraced pluralism. But today, Indians are so divisive and so many of us are openly bigoted that it's hard to feel one with them, right? This us versus them mentality has seeped so deep in the day-to-day sense that we don't feel connected or you know united as one i'll give you another example like i was i was personally born into a hindu family but i don't feel comfortable even calling myself a hindu in public because i don't want to associate myself with them you know and uh, i think perhaps for a lot of people that is something they can connect to but of course in the replace hindus with just in being indian do you get what i'm saying yeah, I understand what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah, I think, or not just Indian, like just a patriotic Indian, for example. It's very hard to associate with that because it yeah. uh, it comes with a lot of assumption that you support. You're you're like the average Hindu nationalist, basically. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, surely should have finished, but uh, finished watching this YouTube video, but I watched a YouTube video a long time ago about like why leftism as a political ideology just tends to win, not just like because it's one based on compassion and love as opposed to exclusion, right? Which is what writing populism is, which is what nationalism is. And I feel like, again, most people, not only are they patriotic, they're social democratic in that they believe in equality, like normal equality and having the opportunity for people to uplift themselves from the situations where, from, from situations of poverty and other kinds of institutional oppression. And, um, I think, um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought, but basically I think that if we, you know, again, in, uh, uh, coming back to just embracing iconography, if we do that all the while preaching love and acceptance and inclusivity, right? Where not only are we inclusive of the upper caste of our Hindus in this version of our India, but also of Muslims and Dalits and other minorities. Um, I think that is something that will stick and it'll create a more meaningful republic and nation all around than the one that is born out of polarization and exclusion right but that's political three one one yeah i suppose it's just it makes more sense uh, to embrace overt symbols of patriotism because it legitimizes our stances and our beliefs and opinions as part of the acceptable dialogue in the country as page as patriots yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I do think it's very important to um, showcase your patriotism, like the way you define patriotism, for especially uh, towards India, because um, we don't, we are not anti-India, right? Like we love India. That's the reason we care about Indian politics. And no one who's, you know, getting into politics should see us as an anti-national force because we are the most pro-national force there is. These people are just pro-ideology. We are pro the people. And um, we care. We, I, th- I think we should not just uh, reclaim Indian sim- symbols of patriotism like the Indian flag or like um, 
uh, our freedom fighters like Bhagat Singh, but also the traditional, uh, some figures traditionally associated with Hindu nationalists or that they try to associate with themselves, like even Chhatrapati Shivaji, for example, right? I know he has nothing to do with the Indian freedom movement or all nothing directly to do with the Indian freedom movement, but the, uh, he was a very secular kind of guy, you know? He had Muslims in his army. He had people from uh, several different caste groups in his army. You know, he did not discriminate. And he, uh, he believed in Swaraj. He believed in independence. So I feel like, uh, but the way he's shown today is shown as a Hindu, you know, a fighter, a Hindu man who uh, fought the evil Muslim demons, you know? So I feel like we should reclaim images of traditional people who are traditionally associated with Hindu nationalism as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we should just, ed- I feel like we should educate people on Indian history as well. Because, yeah. um, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, there's this been there's this a narrative that's going on, especially with like Congress is responsible for partition that we've a lot of us do not really realize, um, what came about in those years when the constitution was being drafted, when the country was first formed, how there were fears of balkanization, like how it all came together and what values the Indian state was really built on. And, uh, I mean, a lot of that has to do with what's in our syllabus and what's not. But I, I feel like, I mean, to just close this episode, perhaps, I feel like it is understandable if some Indians do not feel any sense of affinity with just calling themselves Indians or respecting the Indian state because they feel like the country or the government does not work for me, right? If you're in constant struggle with the government or the union, why would you want to be a part of it? Forget loving it or overtly loving it. But... Uh-huh. Despite that, I think I think that is fair enough, and any sense of patriotism should not be forced upon uh, any individual, citizen or not. But just remember that the ruling establishment is not the country, and mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like I mean the country is what its citizens are, and if you, as a citizen, embody the values of progressivism and equality and pluralism, then that is what you'll make of the country. And I, I know yeah. that is a, that is a very dramatic and can, does not apply to so many people that are being actively persecuted by the government of India today. But um, then again, that is just my opinion. Okay. So my thanks to uh, Nehru Bhakt for returning to the podcast and for Nigel Garaj for his debut appearance. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next time.